Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Well, have you been feeling overworked? You're not alone if you have. A study shows that one in two workers in Singapore logged extra hours since the COVID-19 pandemic began two years ago. This study, commissioned by the Straits Times, has also found that a third of those who work overtime put in more than two extra hours every day. The poll was conducted in January to get an idea of the amount of time that employees devote to work daily after the pandemic hit Singapore. To tell us more about it, Zakia Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times, joins us on the line. Zakia, good to have you with us. Good to join you. Okay, let's start off with this survey. More people working harder during the pandemic. Are we among them? How did the pandemic uh, impact employees' work-life balance, Zach, here? I think it, it so many of, uh, you know, it blurred. It blurred the lines. Blurred, it blurred the lines between, you know, work and life, really. And I think while many people felt that they were, um, they had benefited from sort of being able to mm-hmm. work at home and, and, and juggle various things at once, there was also some concern that um, the boundaries were being blurred. And as our survey found out, many found they were actually working longer hours. They logged on earlier and, and stayed on. And I think it didn't help on the part of some employers. You know, the fact that workers kind of didn't have to make the commute meant they were able to work for a little longer. And that's it. And the pressure of not having that FaceTime with your colleagues, that FaceTime with your boss. Some may feel an extra pressure to put in additional hours just to feel like they are performing, right? So how, yep. how? I mean, we mentioned in the intro two extra hours a day. Was that across the board or were some people working harder than others? I think it varies from job to job. And I think one of the things that, that became harder to measure was, was sort of how many hours you were actually putting in at work. So it was, it's one of those things that I think has to do a fine line. And, and I think it cut across the board. I think overall, though, I think, and regardless of, of work levels, whether you were junior, middle manager or senior director, I think about half or over half felt they were, they were putting in much more time at work. Okay, Zaki. So the question everybody wants to know is, is this going to continue now that this has been revealed? Do labor experts believe that this is going to persist? People are going to continue to work longer hours. It's tough to say. I think, you know, with Omicron, I think sort of delaying uh, many companies' return to work plans, it's, it's really hard to say. I think, but at the same time, there's also greater awareness among workers. And I think employees, you know, it is in a way, um, we've heard of the great resignation. Yeah. It is in a way uh, an employee's market. So I think um, workers are becoming more aware and I think bosses as well are becoming aware of the risks of potential burnout and fatigue. And so I think um, this, this, this trend, uh, while it will persist, I think may not be as bad. Speaking of burnout and fatigue, often that can cause people to get sick. But you, also, mm-hmm. the Straits Times also found that um, a number of companies are incentivizing workers to take less sick leave. And um, this is actually quite a prevalent practice within some industries, incentivizing them with a monetary incentive. How common is this and what kind of practice is actually taking place? Well, <laughs> it's hard to see. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually, um, I think it's something that, you know, the unions do frown upon. Mm. Um, a worker who's sick is meant to be able to get the time and space 
to rest, you know, as as he needs. And so, unfortunately, it you know, in 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 some industries like security mm-hmm. or where you're a contract worker um, performing a regular service, you know, performance-based outcomes do matter, and and sometimes. Uh, some companies inadvertently do start in place these incentives, mm-hmm. and while they're not supposed to be there, um, many do put them in place. I think this great, with greater awareness, I think the unions as well as uh, workers are likely to take a firmer position on this. And I think, you know, I think COVID 19s really shone light on this. If you have a slight sniffle or a cough, uh, you really should be going to see a doctor and, and, and getting an MC and not reporting to work. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, if, if you're in a company that, you know, you work for a small firm that uh, says going to dock your pay or, or penalize you for, for, for not turning up or for taking sick leave, that's not a healthy system at all. I think what, what companies really need to do, and I think what even service buyers need to do, say, you know, if you're a building manager, you might need to just accept that there may be less offices on duty, mm. uh, one few cleaner, just because of situations like this. And I think COVID forced this change as well. That's right. And it's interesting because according to this article on The Straits Times, you found more than 50 listings on job portals offering positions with incentives for those who take less medical leave. And we're talking about this because uh, last Tuesday, a pest control technician was jailed for five weeks. That's after flouting COVID-19 rules and refusing a swab test so that he could continue to work. Why? Because he'd been concerned about losing his $100 attendance allowance if he went on medical leave. And that's quite a lot of money if you're looking at 100 extra dollars a month. Yeah, that's right. So we can't, you know, mm. <laughs> that's not a healthy situation to be in, really. And, and I think um, the president had quite a strong, strongly worded post on it. You know, while it was wrong for the worker to do what he did, it was also not right for employers to um, put in place such disincentives especially amid the pandemic. And I see what you did there, not a healthy situation. Uh, we're speaking with Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Zakir, I'd also like to um, get an update for from you on the multi-ministry task force briefing that took place at the end of last week. We saw a number of changes to what's happening here in Singapore. But uh, the multi-ministry task force also said that it was very likely that the Omicron peak will exceed the previous peak that we saw with the Delta variant. How worrying is this? I mean, the Lunar New Year holiday is next week. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the main concern is is that a sudden surge might see um, the unvaccinated and the very young you know, fall ill. And while Omicron is meant, you know, does indeed prove to have been milder generally, it isn't completely harmless. And so the fear remains that we're already seeing cases going up. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that in many workplaces. And I think that's why the decision to switch to different protocols, but also to take into account supervised or ARTs that are administered or reported to GPs so that you get a truer sense of the scale of infection. Uh, so while, you know, we shouldn't focus on headline numbers, you know, we ha- we've been having 3,000 cases. We may get to five, ten thousand 10,000 cases very soon. It's not cause for panic, but I think it is a sign that perhaps, uh, look, the virus is spreading mm-hmm. and maybe there is there continues to be a need for safe management measures, especially during the upcoming Chinese New Year holiday where, you know, five unique visitors a day, minimize social interactions, be especially careful when um, visiting the elderly or the very young, especially those who are not vaccinated. 
That's right. And they did put a reminder out that the group sizes have not changed. It's still five groups of five people. That's five visitors per day. But, you know, Zakir, if we are to come to this Omicron wave, say we have 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 cases, what steps do you think Singapore will take when we hit that peak? I think, um, you know, with the ramping up uh, availability of places, uh, hospitals and care facilities as well, uh, clinics, I'd say, so that, mm-hmm. you know, there's people who need the treatments will not, you know, there will be capacity to treat those who need it. But I think we may, again, uh, see um, another uptick in the number of deaths, especially, or serious illnesses, especially for the very young and the elderly. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, over 100,000 uh, adults are still not vaccinated. Um, quite a number of, uh, you know, vaccination is picking up pace among kids. That's really not happening as well yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, Zach here, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today to share all those updates about people working longer hours during the pandemic and what may happen if we have an Omicron wave here in Singapore. Thank you. We've been speaking. Thank you so much. Mate. Thank you. We've been speaking with Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.